Liberate Rakan. The best case scenario is that either the SDF or Turkey will be able to wrest Raqqa from the caliphate, delivering a much-needed blow to ISIS. The Kurds have the advantage of U.S. support and unity of purpose, but are relatively few in number and have little desire to take and hold Raqqa, which is largely populated by Sunni Arabs who distrust or even despise the Kurds. Euphrates' shield has the advantage of Sunni Arab foot soldiers and the backing of a NATO army, but it has received little support from Obama and his ISIS czar, Special Envoy Brett McGurk. But the worst-case scenario is that the SDF and the Turkish forces fight each other instead, leaving ISIS in control of the east and Assad secure in the west. West of Eden In the west of the country, a similar territorial division persists, this time between the Assad regime and assorted non-ISIS rebels. The rebels control the northwestern canton of Idlib and areas of Aleppo province, as well as cantons in the southern provinces of Daraa and Kunitra. Each rebel-held canton is a mix of local militias, jihadists, and non-jihadist Salafists, The most notable of the jihadist groups, outside of ISIS, is Jabhat Fatah al-Sham, JFS, the Syrian al-Qaeda affiliate formerly known as Jabhat al-Nusra. As anti-regime Syrians have come to doubt Washington's commitment to removing Assad, more and more have opted to join JFS. The rapid growth of JFS in the Northwest has caused many, including Secretary of State John Kerry, to advocate for a deal involving synchronized U.S.-Russian airstrikes against the group, which, if carried out, would seem to benefit Assad. But his regime is now estimated to have only about 20,000 to 25,000 deployable troops. That is enough to surround East Aleppo and some rebel-held suburbs of Damascus, but only with help from Hezbollah and other Shiite militiamen from Afghanistan and Iraq. To pursue its siege-and-starve strategy elsewhere in Syria, the regime will need to import more Shiite fighters from abroad. These militias, however, are often poorly trained and have trouble operating in the rural Sunni parts of Syria. The United States will be lucky if the rebels can somehow resist Assad's siege of Aleppo, and the Trump administration can convince the Russians to resume the cessation of hostilities agreement, which fell apart in September, but that is unlikely. More probably, the Assad regime, aided by the Russians, will continue bombing East Aleppo, thereby worsening the flow of refugees into Syria's neighbors and sending Assad's opponents further into the arms of JFS and other extremists. Such an outcome would bolster Moscow's case for making Assad the basis for a solution in Syria. It could also expand Russia's role in the eastern Mediterranean for years to come. Using the Big Stick Until now, U.S. policy has remained committed to the unity of Syria under U.N. Security Council Resolution 2254, which reaffirmed the sovereignty, independence, unity, and territorial integrity of the Syrian Arab Republic. But Syria has been divided for half a decade, and to deal with it, the United States will need to uproot extremists and provide humanitarian protection to the country's component parts with an eye toward putting them back together again. To achieve that, there are five major tactical options that the Trump administration could apply to Syria.
no-fly safe zones, anti-regime airstrikes to enforce the ceasefire, arming of the vetted opposition, sanctions, and diplomacy. Whatever the combination, these tactics should be employed to reduce U.S. vulnerability to extremism and migration, which is driven by the conflict, recognizing that doing so may require a willingness on Washington's part to tolerate the risks associated with using force. The first option, the establishment of limited no-fly safe zones, has already received some support from both Trump and Vice President-elect Mike Pence. Announcing the intention to establish no-fly safe zones would signal to Assad that the new administration does not believe he can actually retake every inch of Syrian territory. Of course, a no-fly zone over the entire country would require the United States to attack Syrian and Russian air defense systems, something no president is likely to do. Given-